The following is part two of a two-part podcast, so if you're interested in understanding what's going on, make sure that you're caught up on the previous part. Um, I've got a lot of comments. I don't really know how to quantify that, but it's just, I, I often for it to be upsetting. I often get accused of like having a really bad community and that like I send people to harass, but I, I honestly feel like, I mean, I have a huge community. If I wanted to, I could bury a smaller channel, but it's never happened. I feel like my community is generally pretty good, you know? Um, I, I don't know if I make this, like, hostile to anyone, really. I, I, um, even people who I openly, strongly dislike, like Bad Empanada or Thought Slime, I'm pretty sure, like, they don't really get anything from me. You know? Uh, they do. Yeah, they actually totally do. I, I um, would... Uh... I, I guess I'd need to see how much it's inevitable that there's going to be some kind of backwash to that. But it's I like really... whenever this stuff happens, there's like a wave of your fans and audience just like shitting on people. But it's like it... whenever someone disagrees with you, there's like all these people who are like really angry and accusing you of things that aren't really happening. Is it uh, harassment like, or is it criticism though? Because usually when I see people like the screenshots come out of my community, it's like, I think this is a bad video. Vouch good. Which while it may be annoying, I don't necessarily know if that's shitting on you. That just seems like the sort of thing that YouTubers do. When, when you say, like, making it intolerable for black commuter, commuter, uh, content creators, I feel like the implication is that, like, anytime a black person disagrees with me, their, their whole channel gets swamped with racism or something, which definitely doesn't happen. I mean, like, just in the examples that I've given, like, for example, like, St. Andrew, who you, like, really believe is, is a racist. Like, because this person... And, uh, you know, it's about no names tweet where no names like this content is a few and say Andrew tries to talk about that you in that conversation, like you accuse St. Andrew of starting a race war, of being a segregationist, of being anti-black, of being pro-white. And then your audience sees that and they're like, oh, yeah, fuck this person. People are going to watch this video of me talking with you and they're like, oh, yeah, fuck this person. This person's basically a separatist who wants to have mass genocide. Like, that's their takeaway. My point is, is that when you have these arguments with people, it doesn't actually end up representing what they're saying. And so anyone that you disagree with, because they're just comparing them to white nationalists really, willy nilly, it's making things very toxic for a number of black people but who I, disagree with you. But I stand it's gonna be by. Fucked up for me. Well, well, then maybe I don't know. Like that's kind of on them if they have opinions so odious that it leads to like people getting mad at them. I don't know. Like, does, does that mean that like if black people have like bad opinions, I can't disagree with them because that's me harassing them for their opinions? I, I don't know how to handle that. But I don't think they're just like bad opinions. Like, you just literally can't help but but compare these things. To white nationalism. I, like, I think it's a salient problem. I think it's a salient criticism. I mean, it's and it's not it's not like you just go after like black people. I argue with people. Most of the people I argue with are white, of course, because I mostly argue with American conservatives. I just I don't think it's like me making the space inhospitable to black people. I just think that people who disagree with me usually end up feeling bad about it because I'm a larger platform. So any disagreement that comes from my direction is going to be felt disproportionately. But I can't just not right. criticize people. But it's like, like, it's like literally when I talk about black people having their own self determination. Okay, but that's, you're, you compared me to Hitler. That is you know explicitly the the line that white nationalists use. So that doesn't differentiate you from them at all. The right, devil's in the details. Like, okay, genocide like shouldn't happen, but people should figure out how to get rid of their colonizers. Uh, get rid of col colonialism, and they need to like have that conversation and figure out what that is, and look different for every place. 
you can't have a conversation without comparing me to Hitler. No, nope. you know what I'm saying. I, I can't. You literally have... called say Andrew uh, accused him of having a race war. You accused no name of being a segregationist because all she said was this tweet isn't for white people. I, you know what I'm saying? I like, those disagree. are such extremes. I do disagree with the language of her tweet. I don't remember the stuff with Saint Andrew. You can disagree without comparing these people to white nationalists. What That's what I, I'm saying. What if I because think black like people white are talking about this stuff? I don't have a problem with talking about it. Your video you and this discussion confirmed were. my fears that you believe in things that I think are horrendously unethical. I, I think my criticisms here are salient. I don't think these are spurious accusations that I made without thought. I sp spent the first year and a half of me doing this type of content without ever even thinking about black separatists. But then I noticed some patterns. Like, uh, what was that guy, Nick Cannon? Was he the guy who went off on that? And then there was... Uh, that other one is a Tariq Nasheed. There were some patterns that I noticed where people, black people, would express pro-black talking points with language that mirrored the rhetoric and the logic of white nationalists. And I saw people agreeing with them. And then I saw some other people kind of not agreeing, but maybe kind of defending them a little bit, you know? Sure. Um, and like you can disagree with that, but you just maybe need to like understand what these things are before like making a video about them. But I think I do. The 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 video. I that know you, you saw, think you do. Like the, we're the just video... talking about like colonialism, and like even in when I'm talking about like people like having the autonomy to get rid of colonialism, like there's all these different situations of what that looks like. And then your point is that I'm like Hitler. You know what I'm saying? Like, I that's a huge don't think, leap. I don't for you, think that's it's a not, summary. But I think you need to actually understand about like what colonial looks like. Like learn about countries that have decolonized. Is that what you got out of like. this? Like a bunch of. But I'm I'm yes! anti-colonial. I I've agreed with that the entire time. With... But this whole time you tried to paint me as someone who's cool with genocide. So the two, so, you know what I'm saying? Like we're stuck oh, in that for most of the so debate. Over the course of this conversation, there are two things that you kept doing and continue to do. One of them is that you said that oppressed peoples have a moral right, if they choose to, to excise people of different races if those were colonizers. That is a form of genocide. You said that explicitly. You can't back out of that. And secondly, you continue to essentialize uh, uh, socioeconomic trends to uh, white people if they're the ones disproportionately committing it, which I think hinders your analysis. Those are two things you do, and I think that a lot of white nationalists do exactly those two things as well. In fact, that logic, those are like the two foundations of ethnostate creation. So that's the problem that I have, you know? I, and I don't think that's a spurious comparison. I think that it's fair. I wish that you would, at the very least, understand why I believe that, as opposed to straw me and framing me as someone who's so wildly ignorant and like triggered by the sight of black people that i just freak out and start making like random accusations because i don't think that's descriptive of this okay but the first part it's like i think like mass just like killing people like having a like a literal genocide i'm like yeah that would be messed up but then me just saying like there there might have to be a time where people get rid of the people who are colonized like that's this is, not this the is, same as just like having like a mass genocide. Well, like, you know, getting rid of is like, a very wide term that can be uh, applied in well, a number of ways. Example, like again, I gave the example of Kenya, who are like able to get rid of their but colonizers. But I explicitly by asked you about the mass deportation of the six million white people in South Africa, and you said that it was the right of Black South Africans to do that. You're saying that they have a right to commit a genocide. That's a pro-genocide stance, as far as I'm concerned. I think they have the right to at least figure out um, if 
they want the colonizers to be there or not and like how to do that process but um yeah well i mean i i just i really i take issue with the idea that me being opposed to ethno states means that i'm like toxic towards um black content but it's not just like you being uh oppressed to ethno states because i think for me like even if like people got rid of um like the white south africans in south africa i think there's like ways that could happen that would be really messed up but i do think it's for the black south africans to figure out like how to how to do that in general i guess i will say that there are some lines that uh, definitely can be crossed but um that's not even just what i'm saying like what i'm saying is that like people who just disagree with you you can't help but compare them to white nationalists. Well, and I, that's a huge issue. Only if take. they sound like white nationalists. I disagree with lots of people who I don't call white nationalists. I try to... But like, you were saying that No Name is a, is a segregationist just because No Name said that this tweet isn't for white people. But, but I, have, I have defended the language that I've used, but I do not think that means uh, that this is just something I throw at all black people. I, th- I, I have explained the logic behind why I've said what I've said. You can think that it's hyperbolic if you want, but I think that the logic is consistent and follows a strong through line, and I stand by it. It does scare me a little bit when I see stuff like this from people who purport to be on the left, because it makes me worry sometimes that the conservative stereotype of anti-racism is alive in some people, that some people are driven principally by resentment, not a desire to make things equal, but rather a desire to take out the historical pain of oppression on the oppressor group. And I see that in the way you insist on essentializing problems to white people, because I don't see any reason to do that besides emotional bias. It seems like like a, like a hole in an otherwise consistent analysis that is driven by resentment. And that like makes me saying- worry. When you're saying that I'm like essentializing all problems to white people, what I'm saying is that white people profit off of colonialism. And that's like not an untrue statement. And I'm saying that that issue needs to be dealt with. I'm not saying that like every white person like wants, even actively wants to colonize people. I'm just saying that there is an issue where white people are still profiting. You said the white people in South Africa That's why I gave the example of my dad who is still able to profit off of racism as a white person. Yeah, somebody in my chat makes a good point. I mean, you also profit off colonialism. You are American, I assume. Yes, I'm American, but I still have to deal with racism. Like, there's ways you can profit off of it, but I find racism so, wait, but to, that's, and that's colonialism a, to be what, extremely oppressive. Well, that, well, hold, well, you can't be like, oh, it's okay for me to be a colonizer if I'm also a victim of racism, can you? If you want to, like, go out and be... Uh, no, this is why I'm saying, like, indigenous <laughs> people, like, in my opinion, I think that uh, they should like decide what to do with their own land and i don't think that's just in regards to white people well, i, I don't well, think they would yeah, uh what white take south literally africans, all of their lands back but white south africans are victims of classism and the female white south africans are victims of sexism and the trans white south africans are victims of transphobia so maybe it's okay for them to be colonizers in south africa as well because they have another intersectional axis to protect them from the consequences I, again, I think that's up to South Africans to figure out what to do with people who have colonized them. Maybe they should to figure, figure out, out what to do with you. Colonize themselves because you're a colonizer I mean, I'm not too, in South right? Africa. No, you're. A, but you, but I well, think I think indigenous col- people definitely have the right to figure out what to do with. No, me. The, the whole third world. After all, we're all participating in the colonization of the developing world, right? Maybe like the two or three billion people that we get all of our material resources from should get to decide what to do with the rest of us, since our colonization doesn't just end at the border, does it? 
it's not like you can only be a colonizer if you're physically in the land that's being colonized, right? You and I both economically benefit tremendously from America's exploitation of the rest of the world. Yeah, I don't understand why that would also be bad for like the people who are exploited uh, to figure out what to do about their exploitation from us. Like if people were like, uh, I don't want to, um, like let's try to create an economic system where we don't have to be exploited by America. Like I don't understand why that would be an issue. What if they want Westerners to leave the planet because we've, um, we're, we've engaged in too much global colonization? Well, I think that issue is different because they're uh, being exploited by us, but we're not actually like um, colonizing in the sense where we're like pushing those people out of their land. Well, we're pushing, we're pushing them out of colonization with, with sweatshops and factories, and we're doing it through an economic right. so I think, system like, we benefit from. Their autonomy and like self-determination to be like, well, how do we get rid of the uh, colonial structures in here? Like, how do we get rid of like all these structures that like feed money back to America while we make nothing? I think in that situation, like they should have the right to determine that. Shouldn't they and have I a right to determine issue... whether or not to share the planet with their colonizers? I mean, should they just, so even if they take back their country, the people in these colonized countries just have to live with the permanent indignity and economic inequality of living on a planet that has countries like America and England as well? Uh, no, I don't understand what you're getting at. Well, I mean, our I presence here like... con continues to take away from them. The carbons that we belch out into the air, the resources that we take from the rest of the world, our presence in geopolitical weight. It seems like the most ethical way to handle all of this is to find the single most oppressed person on earth, like a disabled trans woman somewhere in Bangladesh, and ask them if they want to nuke the rest of the planet. It just seems to me like your logic is fundamentally like about really retaliation. It's a really slope fallacy. Like, I'm saying that colonized people uh, should have the autonomy to decolonize themselves. And you're saying that we should find the most oppressed person in the world and ask them if we should nuke someone. Like, do you see how that's not the same thing? I mean, you're saying that oppressed people have a right to excise millions of people from their country, but borders are arbitrary. We all live on a planet, don't we? I mean, does it have to stop at the border? Why should national inheritance be the limit of the retribution the oppressed have the right to inflict upon their historical oppressors? I'm not talking about retribution. I'm talking about how to get rid of a colonial problem, and that's really different. Would America stop being a colonial problem if our businesses just got out of those countries? No, we'd still be a huge problem, wouldn't we? It seems like we're, they, uh, we pose an existential threat to the oppressed, colonized people of the world, one which they would perhaps have almost unlimited legitimacy in ridding themselves of. Um, I think that there is a lot to be said for the power dynamics in other countries. Like, I don't really think one country should have enough power to determine how the rest of the world lives. So I think dismantling that power is really important. How do you dismantle I don't think that, that means, power? Like, um, I think, like, you could try to perhaps, like, push for socialism. Like, if every country was, country was socialism, I think that would, socialist, I think that would lead to a more equitable outlook of things. But how to dismantle the power that America has over everyone. I mean, there's so, there's so many issues. Like, I don't even know where to begin to a, answer that question, the, issue, the of question of imperialism. But what if they felt the only way to really do it was with unrequited nuclear warfare? 
you can make an argument for that. The damage that would be done to the planet through nuclear winter would at right. least temporarily but counteract saying, some of the climate change. I think and, we already went over this. Like, I'm not saying that uh, there should be mass genocide. I'm just saying that, like, there needs to be a way to remove the colonists uh, if people want to remove the colonists who have been colonized. From the planet? No, just from being in the country that they've colonized. Like, if people who are colonized are like, I don't want to live with people who have colonized me, then I think they need to uh, figure out how to remove the people who have colonized them if they want to. But America colonized the world, so shouldn't the logic extend transnationally? I think, the, again, the people who are, have been colonized should be able to just decide if they want to get rid of people who have colonized them or not. And I think to the extent where they have their own autonomy again. Well, sure. Like, I think that's what this all comes down to is like people need to have their own autonomy no, and self determination, I... and people don't. And so, like my, that's really like I guess the extent of of what I'm saying. No, I I, I agree with that. I'm just saying that um, in the modern economic and, like, age, we aren't what's like our we don't do colonization problem. by sending like boats over to to you know to colonize lands or anything like that. We do it through a complicated you know geopolitical system of trade and power inferentials. So. With all that, it seems like there's no way to actually remove the colonizer. You said before that war could be justified if there were no alternatives. If you couldn't remove Americans from the planet, I mean, do you think that like, the you don't third need to world remove Americans right? from the planet though, in order to get rid of their economic power over countries? Well, what like, if I, what I, if the I'm oppressed just people like a number of ways? Like, what if there were like laws put in place where it's like this level of exploitation can't happen for starters? What if the oppressed like, there's, like, people, ways where, like um, African countries are like heavily exploited where like they can't, they're like in huge debt where like the inflation of the debt's too high for them to be able to pay it back. And there's like no laws protecting them really. So, so they're just going to forever stay in debt. What if it's the, like, you could try to like make laws to get rid of the amount of debt that they had. For example, that's just like one example off the top of my head. No, I, for, like, I get people that. People who are, where we're like exploiting people's labor. We could just, um, there could be like laws where it's like, you can't, like you have to have like these level of working conditions and you can't um, exploit labor in these ways. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I feel like you're trying to make the slippery slope of like, no, 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 I, um, I, I'm not trying know, to make a slippery slope. Can't get rid of. I'm just testing. So therefore, da -da -da. I'm, I'm testing the limits of the, of the logic. So my question, this is the last one then is um, if the third world decided they could do that, but it probably wouldn't work. The only way to truly succeed would be global conquest through military or nuclear arms. Do you think that would be defensible as a sort of final way of eliminating the colonization? Uh, can you say that again? If the third world, the oppressed peoples of the world, realized that nothing would really work um, except for like planetary conquest through nukes or through invasion, that the only way to free themselves from colonization would be to simply encompass the world in their own power. Do you think that would be a defensible thing to do? Or do you think they should simply wallow in their global imperialism, unable to strike back? Um, let's see. Let me say back what you're saying, because I keep on um, losing your train of thought. So you're saying that um, if third world people had the rights to nuke people or wallow or the other decision is to wallow in their like colonized place. If they felt there was no way to address global colonialism without some kind of radical military or nuclear solution to the rest of the world.
Well, I think that um, I just think I don't really see that happening because it's like there's like an impractical thing about like nuking people or like starting a war. Of but what if they people. could, you know? If they could, I think that would be bad because, again, like nuking entire countries like kind of affects the rest of the world. It's killing a lot of people. Um, I don't really think that addresses like the issue of colonialism. It's just like obliterating people. And I think what I'm saying is like insofar of the addressing of colonialism, people should have the right to to deal with that. Um, and that's really all I'm saying. But not through like nuclear retaliation. I think nuclear retaliation just wouldn't be a good idea um, because it there's just wipes out like entire places. It kills like entire populations. But if it worked, um, I mean, if it was an a, a effective way of ending the global colonization. Um, what scenario would it be like an effective way of ending colonization? Like, I don't even know if that place would be inhabitable by other people if they, they like, be able back to colonize, in. though yeah okay i think maybe what you're saying is that i think you're maybe thinking that i'm saying that like colonized people should just be able to do whatever they want even if it means means nuking people i and think i think i'm saying in i so think deporting like white people colonization i think deporting white people from south africa is the nuclear option there are six million whites in uh south uh africa south africa not america um, which is significantly more people than the number that we killed in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, it seems to me like if you're willing to accept that you should act against colonialism up to a point, but past a certain point, the ethics of it uh, grow worse than, the, um, than whatever benefits you could accrue through decolonization, then I would say following that assumption, you could never argue ethically for an ethnostate, um, that it would always be an unjustifiable extreme um, that there are always ways to address colonization without going as far as excluding an entire racial group, you know? I don't necessarily think so. Like, there are people, like, I understand, like, why you couldn't have, like, a certain space where it's, like, black people live there and black people are like, we only want to live here because we want to stay away from people who have oppressed us. Oh, well, like, I don't understand. Right. Like, there are places that already have most black people. Um, and I don't know why you can't just be like, okay, this is going to be like a black like area that's like a safe haven for black people. But I do think I will like say that like, yeah, I guess um That's an ethnostate. I don't think This is what I mean yeah. about you being less mask on than white nationalists. They're usually not willing to just Right. Say like that. like I said in my video, there's a difference between people who are like, I want to get a be in my own state because I'm oppressed by people versus people who are like, well, these people are inferior and need to be ruled over by people. Okay. Like, I think there, there are people who want, I think, again, I think there are separatists who are really bad people who are, again, um, they're sexist and homophobic and anti-Semitic. And then I think there's people wait, who just I, want to put away from the people who are oppressed. I would them. I just personally, and, I think what you're saying is worse than any of those things. I think a person who says ethnostates are okay is on a much worse level than your average anti-Semite, sexist, racist, transphobe, whatever. Ethnostates are the most destructive creation like that has ever been born of man. More harm has been created as a product of ethnostates than possibly any other socio-political construct to have ever existed. Whether the people who construct them are the oppressed or the oppressor, white or black, whatever. This is like, th these, are, these are like the absolute evil of human organization. And the idea that black people's lives are going to be better, I mean, 
you can, I mean, you can argue logistics on this. No part of America is going to be given over to black people. You move to Africa where no country is better in total than America is in terms of socioeconomic achievement? Probably not. So what are we talking about then? Wouldn't it not, I, I don't know. Are black people in Africa safe? It seems like they're not because they die more than black people do over here. I don't think that you make yourself safe by removing yourself from other racial groups. It seems like that what makes you safe is I a mean, bunch of socioeconomic stuff that doesn't get fixed with ethnostates. I mean, people who want to be away from their oppressors, I, I don't understand like why that sentiment in itself is bad. Like, why do why do black people have to integrate with white people? Like, if black people don't want to do that because they're tired of dealing with oppression, this is what and white they do that in a way, say. and they do that in a way that's not hurting people. Like, why is that bad? But ethno states always hurt people every time. We, we could let's like we can. I mean, we can talk about mixed race people. What if a person who's black in a black ethno state falls in love with a white person? Can they raise mixed children in a black ethno state? Do they have to leave? Are they excised? Can their child leave? Or is their child going to be taken from them? How far do you go that down? One half black, one fourth black, one eighth black? Do the police come? Do they show up? Is miscegenation banned in these areas? Uh, to what extent are cultural affects banned? Is white TV allowed in a black ethno state? Because ethno states tend to be pretty protective of the perceived culture of a racial group. What happens to people of different cultures who come in there? What if there are black people who disagree with the values of the black people in the ethno state that were created? Black Americans and black Africans are nothing alike because one of them are Americans and the other Africans. Black Africans aren't like black Africans. There's a fuck ton of stuff going on over there. Ethno states are fundamentally destructive. And all of this because what? You want to avoid microaggressions with white people? If you're talking about broader systemic uh, racism, then you're not going to escape that by leaving the country. Trust me, American white supremacy is global. So you're not saving yourself from that, the only thing you're saving from is the rigmarole of watching white people fail to jump and dance poorly. And what, be interpersonally rude? Is that is that like worth the ethno state? Systemic racism will carry across the border of the ethno state. We're really just talking about microaggressions and the occasional hate crime, which are really bad. But again, an ethno state? I mean, that just seems like such an abs like such an incredible wild direction to go in. What if white people? I mean, I think it is a very incredible, wild direction to go in. But I think my point is that I can understand why people are so fed up with racism that they don't want to be around white people. And I think that if they're, uh, I think that people who are saying that need to, their pain needs to be understood instead of just calling them a white nationalist. Like, okay. I think you need to understand why there are people who are so frustrated with racism that they want to go in, to a place where they can get away from that. It's like what an ethno state would actually look like. I don't know. I guess in my opinion, it does sound really shitty. Like, I don't want to just like have to only, uh, you know, force people to have to only date uh, black people if they don't want to do that. Um, but I think my point with that is that uh, people who want to be away from their oppressors and like have that space should be able to. And there's a way where people are trying to talk about that. Why not just where, hang out with other um, black they're painted people? As, I mean, people do do that. Yeah, but like, and there's people like we're still like in a white supremacist country. It's like you, people want to live in a place where they're not living in a place ruled by white supremacism, and I can understand that, and that's my point about that. Like, I don't think uh, our our domination yeah, and is global. That's my global. point about that. I really understand. Like, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't escape whitey, man. You know this because we've been talking about it for two hours. You can make a black ethno state all you want, but your economy is going to be buckled under the knee of America, which will, by the way, be an all white America now, apparently, or at the very least, majority white. That's not going to make us any less I mean, racist. Just because 
somebody that's not like gonna help. a portion of land um black ethno state doesn't mean that like all of america would be would be white and that's not even It'd what be more white. for there'd be a proportionally more white people than there are now and we know Maybe. how groups of i don't even vote. know i don't even know if black people would go for that like i think there's a very like i think the people that you're talking about who do want like their own black ethno state are like a very small percentage of people that is true. like even when you like look at people who decolonize people have decolonized their countries like they just want the colonizers to not have power and to like mostly leave and like be able to have control over their own country like all the examples that you've talked about in this debate are like the most extreme examples that like probably aren't going to happen yeah well and that's I why it say, sucks like, when i see it online and i get I called anti-black are... for this well the thing is is like there are so many things where like, that's just not what people are saying. Like people are saying like, I want my own space with black people. And then you call them a segregationist. People are saying that like, I can understand, I can understand like why there's, uh, you know, people who don't want to live with their oppressors. And then all of a sudden, like you're comparing them to Hitler. Well, and what I'm saying is, is that these conversations like need to have more nuance than just comparing people to white nationalists and black nationalists. But, but, like, the fact that we spend this whole is... conversation talking about how like i'm like hitler and talking about how like no matter what these are ideas are going to be like white nationalism the, the ideas I just don't you're think sharing very are... and like able to look to look at uh these issues that like black people are bringing up but the nuance that you're look bringing up is nuance. yeah it's basically the same except we're oppressed so it's okay when we do it that's basically been like the nuance that you keep touching on these are the same arguments well, I mean, I, and i've talked to so many white I nationalists really so, so. I, I i speak like, I with that, great um, confidence when i say that you know like i will agree that like okay like mass genocide that's fucked up mass deportation i think depending on how like people are thinking of like deporting people have colonized them i'm not really sure what that would look like um i definitely think that can be a line that's crossed but ultimately what i'm just trying to say is that people who are colonized need to be able to uh get rid of the people who have colonized and to be able to have their own power back i'm just saying um, the and that looks I mean, very you can different. talk about that but when you talk mass deportation then it turns out all the countries bordering yours don't want to accept millions of refugees and you start having conversations about where you're going to put all these people that you had lined at the border you build camps to hold them and train yards to make sure supplies can be reached from those places and eventually I've, this it's not like this only happened in germany you know the mass like state execution of populations is not like exclusively I mean, a white I think I'm, I think I'm agreeing with you there, actually. Like, I think I'm saying that, like, yeah, okay, mass deportation actually sounds pretty shitty. But there are a number of examples where people have gotten rid of the people who have colonized them, and it wasn't that. And, like, I don't even know if there's an example of that, because I don't think colonized people want to do that. Colonized people just want to have their own autonomy again. And what I'm saying is that when people talk about having their own autonomy, that the immediate like, example that it goes to is that they're, white, like, white nationalists. And, like, that's my issue, is, like, people can't talk if, about if, this stuff like what does it look autonomy, like to colonize our country without looking like white nationalism if the autonomy that you mean is autonomy from people of other races then i will say that yeah if the autonomy you mean is i think the people who live in this country should control this country then that's fine that's democracy i'm not going to complain about that and i that's the language of anti-apartheid movements that took place back in south africa as well you know as i understood it mandela wasn't going up there and talking about how they need to get all the whites out they were talking about how they need to make the country equitable and the laws need to be even and fair and people who live here should have like control over their country and so on and so on. I think that's fine. I, I will never disagree with that. But sometimes the language of people's liberation and the language of racial separatism overlap. 
And then I, uh, you know, uh, well, sometimes it trends in a more yikesy direction. I mean, I can see that. Like, again, when I think of like the black nationalists who are anti-Semitic, I'm like, yikes, that's really messed up and you need to stop thinking that way. What about but when then there's anti-white? People, when people are anti-white, like I don't, again, like whiteness itself, like, I, like I've said, like the white racial identity is constructed specifically as a caste system. What about like white people? So it's then? like when you when I when I say that I'm anti-white, like that's what I'm saying that I'm against. I think like white people as individuals, um, I've met like I mean, I think people in general are really beautiful and incredible, and yeah. So, but I think like we need to be critical of what the white racial identity is, the history of it, and what it entails. You'd say you know a and few you of think the good that's ones. Funny. No, no, no. It, well, um, no, I, I well, critique I think whiteness. Ones, I think that like people are really incredible. I think no matter where you look, you're going to find incredible, beautiful people. And I think that white people have an issue of racism at the same time. Like, I don't think racism is about just being an entirely bad person. I think it's about being a part of this long history and being in the middle of that. I, I, I was just wondering how you felt about black people who were racist against white people. Not whiteness. Well, but... I think being anti-white, at least in the way that I'm describing, where it's being critical of the existence of like white, of the white category of white people, how that was created as a caste system. I don't think that's racist. And I think a lot of times when people say they're anti-white, like that's what they're talking about. I don't really know of anyone who's like, I'm anti-white because like, like white people are just like inherently bad like you've never are talking seen about, any like, like history of racism like white devil rhetoric or like black people whose critiques of white people extend a little bit beyond uh systemic and a little more interpersonal that kind of stuff i mean i've seen the white devil stuff i think people again are still talking about like years of systemic racism like i think when you get down to it and you like crack open like why are people saying this it goes down to years of systemic racism and that's what is being talked about. I think it's like unfair to be like that that's that that's not it. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, I'm, I just don't think that the context behind why a person is racist like r makes it OK, really. But again, like, why are white people racist? You don't think it's OK well, for black people to be mad at white people for being racist because you think that's racist. You can be mad at racists and you could acknowledge that a lot of white people are racist and you can critique whiteness. But if you dislike white people because they're white, then I'd say that's pretty racist, you know? I don't think people dislike white people because they're white. I think people dislike white people because so many white people have an issue with racism. And then when you find out that they don't, it's actually a surprise. Would you say a lot of conservatives aren't racist? They just have a problem with black culture, but they know like they have some good black friends. So like it's not black people. It's like, you know, they just have like a crime problem and trying to work with that. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. All right. I wouldn't either. I think it's kind of weird to judge members of a racial group based on characteristics you ascribe. You to think it's weird for black people to think that if you're white, you're probably going to have an issue with racism. Like you think that's weird. Look, whatever decision you want to make, by definition, seeing of a, per a person of a given race and judging them based on co like conditions you associate with that group is racist. Like if you if if a person was walking through Detroit and saw a black guy and crossed the street because of it, you could argue there's a legitimate reason for that bias, but it's still racist, right? You know. 
Right. But when white people have a, a racial bias, bias against black people, it's coming from like years of dehumanizing black people. It's like racial stereotypes that were created where these white people don't actually know any black people. And when white or when black people are criticizing white people for their racism, it comes from like knowing white people, having the experiences after experience of racism from white people. It's a very different context. And that's kind of my point here is like the context of why these still things are bad. being said is really different. Why is it bad for a black person to not want to be around a white person because they think that they might be racist? Like, why is that bad? Like, why, do, why does a black person owe that white person their time to determine if they're racist or not? Do you see how this logic could be used against a lot of other racial groups? I think it can be used if you ignore the context of systemic racism. But the context doesn't change the reality. Racism, but this is this is what does. I mean. You've done context this this whole, matters. Like, the whole the whole convo. We've done this too. The whole convo. I've been like the context matters. It's That's not why the, there's the not context a doesn't standard. matter. The context doesn't excuse. So you keep saying stuff like, "Okay, why we, does the context of systemic racism not excuse this? Why does that not excuse that?" There are black people who don't want to talk to white people because of racism. Why does that context not matter? Okay, fine. How about this one? Do you think it's racist for a no, gay white no. person? No, answer the answer the question. Why does it not matter? The context matters. You made me answer when, your questions, and then you told me that I don't understand and can't listen. The context. And then you like you know inferred that I was like stupid or something. Uh, said that I was laughed out of my no, college classes. No, and I'm I an think honor you're. Student. I think you're, answer, answer my question. How about that? I think you're racist, not oh, stupid. Um, I think that um. So the context is important when it comes to understanding these issues, but I don't think that makes it okay for an oppressed person to be racist. I can give you another example. Do you think Why it's racist? Why is it racist when a black person has experienced racism time and time again from white people? And they're like, you know what? I just don't want to be around white people because I keep on having this experience of racism. Why what about white people who've gotten racist? mugged by black people multiple times and don't want to have that experience again? I think it's fine if you've been mugged by black people multiple times. You don't want to have that experience. So you so you stop being around black people. You don't want to be around like black neighborhoods anymore because you think they're like dangerous. Are you okay with that? Because right. if you are, but you're being consistent. All, uh, most black people aren't going to actually mug you, though, is the thing. And I, I don't think, think most, most white, white people, people are going to be. Most white people have an issue with racism. Yes. Have an issue with isn't necessarily this. There's a most big difference between not being racist. fully familiar. That's what I'm saying. There's a big difference between being directly interpersonally racist and having like complicated sociological biases as a product of growing up in a racist society that's Look, that is racism yes having complicated oh, uh, racial biases because you grew up in a racial society is racism yes as is wanting to avoid too. white people because you think they're racist look do you think it's okay for a white i just i just don't even i don't i can't believe yeah, because that because I'm like arguing about you, racism you, no but the thing is you aren't even distinguishing between these two things the only thing you're saying is it's okay when black people do it because we're oppressed that's been your no, answer to everything no, we've my said distinguish, my distinguishment is that there's systemic racism my distinguishment Wait, is that but there's a difference between systemic racism and racism I'm not talking about yeah, systemic so racism. I'm saying that when black people, well, I'm talking about systemic racism, which is like the point of what we're talking about when we talk about racism. We're talking no, about racism, we're not just talking about people being rude. Well, you can systemic racism, I would argue, is a lot more relevant than just 
people I'm just talking being annoyed about the by people. interpersonal racism of bias against people because they belong to groups. Look, here's a question, okay? What about a white gay person? Do you think it's okay for a white gay man to not want to be around black people? Um, generally, yeah. I'm maybe if there was a good example that I could think of, but it's probably racist. I don't really know the context, but probably. Well, you you don't think it's why would it be racist? Black people are more homophobic than white people by a pretty significant amount. So maybe they've had experiences right. growing up where they're called like a pansy by black guys. And now, you know, their bias uh, is a product of, you know, a lifetime of oppression. Yeah, I mean, I think in that context, like if uh, you're a gay person and like you've been around black people and they're like been really homophobic, I think that's valid. Like I said, I, I can't, can't think of I'm sure there's exceptions to it being racist. And you just thought of one, in my opinion. Okay, so I guess you think racism is okay as long as it's being d justified in the context of oppression? Um, no, my I don't think that racism is okay if it's in the context of oppression. I think that people have these experiences of systemic oppression and not wanting to have those experience anymore is valid. Like in the example of a gay person not wanting to be around... Um, like black people who are homophobic. Um, I think there is a, like a rampant issue of homophobia among a lot of black people. And it's like, this person just doesn't want to face systemic oppression anymore. Okay. And I think what about like, TERFs, trans exclusionary radical feminists, who many of whom are victims of sexual violence from men and as a product of oppression they've experienced, sexism they've experienced from men, they think that trans women are infiltrators trying to break up their spaces and um, make them more vulnerable to assault in the future. Do you think that it's okay for TERFs to be transphobic? Um, no, I think that's like mischaracterizing um, trans people. I don't think most trans people are doing that. I don't think most black people are homophobic, most white people are racist, or most black people are criminals. That's never been a problem before. I, mean, I think there's like a lot of issues of homophobia with black people, but I guess there are a lot of black people who aren't. So and there are, and there are a lot of. I think the point is, is like, then there are a lot like of male-bodied people the, who attack women. There's a gay women. person who like doesn't want to experience homophobia, and is like, I've experienced homophobia a lot, um, and they want to avoid that situation. I think it's really different than um, like a person who doesn't want to interact with people uh, because like they think that like all black people are thugs based on a stereotype. But what about, what about the, wait, it's not a stereotype that people who are assigned male at birth are way more likely to engage in sexual violence against women. That's not a stereotype at all. That's a mathematical no, fact. No, I'm talking about the data. stereotype of black people being thugs. Like, no, I know. There's but... all these stereotypes that people have about black people, not from knowing them. No, uh, and I right, think but... if someone wants to like avoid a situation where like they could be homophobic, uh, experience homophobia like i can understand that so but our turfs justified then because their bigotry is a product of a lifetime of sociological oppression against them from for the most part male-bodied people so they take that and they internalize that and they beam that back out at everyone who's male-bodied are, are you saying that uh but like is the demographic of people that they're experiencing violence from from trans people well, in the past, you haven't cared about how likely it is that you experience any of the group stereotypes that you're assigning. You've just said that it's okay as long as the bias is a product of sociological oppression, which TERFs, because most of them are women, have experienced. 
So I'm testing your consistency here because TERFs are an example of an oppressed group of people, assuming they're women, who use their experience of oppression to attack another marginalized group. Um, I think it's wrong. Like, for example, like if I think an example of like a gay person, if like a gay person just started saying like all black people are homophobic, I think that would uh, be a very racist statement. But I think if you're saying like, I've had the experience of being in black spaces where black people are homophobic, and I don't want to be around that. I think that's a different story. I don't think it's like fair for turf ter for turfs to paint trans people um, as people who are attackers when that's just not what trans people are. So, well, so, I'm yeah. sure some I think, trans like, the people point that are I'm attackers. talking about is systemic racism, where it's like there are structures in place that have um, empowered people uh, to oppress people. Like there are systemic structures that make it really hard for people to be trans without just getting oppressed there's systemic structures that just make it hard to be black and that's like built into our system and hard to and be that's a like woman the point are, of what are, we're talking and so hard wait. to be a woman there's like all these things can i ask you that racism. Well, uh let me just let me just finish this thought right. is that okay so it's like there's all these structures that make it really hard to exist as a person and so my point is is that like the homophobia or racism or da da da, da like the point that we're talking about is um or the, the oppression that we're talking about are people having to deal with this systemic oppression it's like if it's not coming from like these systems of structures that have like gone on for hundreds of years then people just being rude or da 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 it's still unpleasant but it's not the same thing as having to deal with these systems of oppression. But it's still and, and bad. And that's, that's how I'm differentiating it. It's still bad to be bigoted, even if you're not reinforcing systemic oppression, right? Well, I think my point is, is that like bigotry, the main issue with it is that it's enforcing systemic oppression. And I think there's bigotries that don't do that, that are still looked down on. But I, I generally, when I think people being bigoted, I think of them being sexist or homophobic or racist or da 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 da. Like, those people are enforcing like, these systems of oppression. And like that, that's what's so egregious about it is that we're fighting the system constantly. I think this fits, I, I don't know, the profile perfectly because it doesn't seem like you care very much about like people in power. The concept, like to you, it's dualistic. There's the oppressor and the oppressed and action against the oppressor is implicitly more justified, just like contextualized through nuance, whereas any action done the other way around is essentialized, direct, and for which all members of that group are morally culpable. This to me is basically the conservative stereotype of leftism. Is it really that wrong to say it's wrong for black people to be racist against white people or like not all white people in South Africa are colonized or whatever else? It just seems like you jump through so many hoops so you never let go of that one point you want to hold on to, which is the inherent moral inferiority of the oppressor or to be more accurate, members of the oppressor group. But in reality, well, I am saying... oh, no more morally culpable for any of these systems than any other person who lives in my country, oppressed or oppressor. We're born into them. That's how systems work. I'm not the president. I don't think you are. We don't control them directly. We're affected by them. And types of analysis like what you're engaging in are like second wave feminists here. Modern intersectional analysis is the reason why, for example, we're capable of recognizing that feminism is for men too, because men suffer from a lot of patriarchal stereotypes, or how white people can actually be harmed by the legacy of colonialism, because in a way, racism was used as an apparatus to justify the economics of um, bourgeoisie control. 
if you look at it a little bit past like oppressor oppressed, you realize that there are underlying systems that have so little to do with like the interpersonal. And that's why given all of that, I just feel like we have to take a step back, like take a deep breath and go like, yeah, some black people basically are just doing racism, but from the other side, not most of them, very few, but it happens. Yeah, there are women who just hate men. They're a minority, but they exist. Yeah, this, yeah, that. And we can just take a deep breath, and once we get that acknowledgement out of the way, we can work on the real meaningful project of fixing all the problems people are so mad about, you know? So you're saying that if we can, like, admit that there are women who hate men, just, like, in general, that we can, like, finally work on the real issue? On the left, I unironically think a lot of people need to acknowledge that fact because pretending that it doesn't exist is what kept the left from recognizing the threats of TERFs for so long. TERFs have been around for a while, but the online left didn't even acknowledge their existence for ages because all of the obvious behavioral patterns of their oppression, like constantly judging male-bodied people, were so evident to real activists, but so invisible to people who were afraid of criticizing women. So you're saying that like we need to defend or not defend. You're saying that we should have been critical of women who arbitrarily hate men because it just allowed turfs to grow because we weren't critical of them. Yeah. Well, also they hate men, which sucks because dudes rock, you know? Hmm. So like basically if turfs, if we had just criticized women who arbitrarily hate men, then TERFs wouldn't be a thing. I think that if we recognized a lot of, a, a lot of man-hating online got kind of treated like jokingly and still does, you know? But if you look under the hood, there's a lot of really problematic shit behind that. Not just with trans people, but a lot of toxic femininity too, you know? And I think a lot of that flourished in left spaces because we mistakenly allowed those people in as if they were feminists when they weren't. They were just anti-male. Hmm. I think I don't really know enough about like how TERFs came about in order to like have an opinion on if like we needed to stop uh, people who just like arbitrarily hated men from being able to talk. But I think um, I think I can see what you're getting at there in some ways. Like I remember like there was like this whole thing a few years ago where like, people like sat on a chair <laughs> And then they like had like a gap or something. It was like guys like setting, I think it's called man spreading. And I kind of right. thought that was like kind of weird because it was like, well, you can still sit down in that seat. It's just crammed. And it kind of just sucks because it's public transportation. And I kind of thought that was like a little bit strange, but I'm yeah, trying. Really... Yeah, I think I just don't know. How, I think I just don't really know enough about how turfs came. Like all of a sudden there were just like turfs everywhere. And I was like, fuck this. It was a really like performative and liberal denunciation of like male bodied people, which is weird because A, any criticisms you make there are going to affect trans women, you know, dick and balls, leg spread, et cetera, et cetera. And B, it doesn't really change anything beyond enforcing a kind of broader satirical it's like when people laugh about men suffering you know it's again i don't think men have it worse than women i'm not here to bitch about it i just think that holistically recognizing that stuff gives us a you know a path forward and i think it about race stuff too i'm not gonna sit here Can and you tie that back in because I'm, I'm not as familiar with the turf stuff but if you could talk about like the race stuff i i think that there are a lot of i'm sorry i shouldn't say a lot of 
when I say a lot of, I mean like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. But I think there's a, at least an intellectual tradition among Black Americans to disregard a lot of valid intersectional analysis in favor of something that feels more retributive, you know? Um, I don't think that's explicitly said to be that. I don't think this Wait, is disregard like... disregard a lot of analysis for... Can you say that part again? Oh, oh, like intersectional analysis in favor of like retributive justice, you know? Adopting the same language about white people that a lot of second wave feminists took about men. Where, it, you know, like political lesbianism among second wave feminists, like Andrea Dworkin was one. It's not so much about saying yes to women as it is no to men. It's something like that, you know? And um, a lot of it seems... Look, I'm not going to pretend it's some threat to the union or whatever. Um, black people don't have the political power to do real harm in that way. And even if they did, it's such a tiny minority. It's not even a, like a real problem. It's just much like tankies and lefty groups. I just think there's this nugget of bad info that lefties don't call out because they're worried about being problematic. And I can get that because optically me talking about race with you for two and a half hours probably doesn't look great for me either, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think we could be more open with those conversations. If it's conversations you want, then I am super in favor of conversations, you know? Yeah, I just, I, I'm kind of a little bit, um, I'm just kind of like in a little bit of like a loss of like why, um, why it's wrong if black people like joke about like white people being racist. I mean, like, I think there's obviously exceptions, but I think like most of the time, like the jokes about like white people come down to calling out some sort of structure of racism that white people are often really ignorant towards. And I, I just don't understand like how that all ties in. I don't have a problem with that. It's more like, you know, the Mayo side joke. No, like it's like Mayo, like white, white people, you know, like Mayo side now, like kill the whiteies, whatever is I think it was more popular a couple years ago than it is now. And I used to make those jokes all the time early on in my stream. I made them all the time, but I made them less and less because I'd see these Twitter threads where people would talk about Mayo side now. But at first, when I saw them, they were obvious jokes, like a white guy would wear like a button up shirt, bell bottoms and a vest to a dance floor at a bar and do disco. And it's like Mayo side now and God willing, you know, but. Then later on, I saw people saying Mayo side now on tweets of interracial couples celebrating their mixed race child. And I thought, okay, hold on, wait, that's not a joke. That's just, that's just something you believe. And I, and I realized that what I had originally thought was 100% a joke was actually like 90% a joke and that a small minority was legitimately expressing anti-white racism through the veneer of edgy, irreverent comedy. And, oh, and invariably, anti-white racism from black people usually hits mixed-race people the hardest because of... I don't know, it just seems to. Um, and I noticed that, and I got uncomfortable with it because it felt like I was giving cover to people the same way a lot of edgy jokes about women give cover to real misogyny. I say, still making edgy jokes about women. So, so um, stuff like that makes me worry a little bit, you know? I'm not saying like, well, like it's bad I think to the ever thing make with, jokes. Like... I don't know. I think like the thing with like interracial couples is like there's an issue with black people where like they don't want to date their own race because they think that oh so your eyes are really wide can you hear me oh no I can I'm sorry I was I was reacting I can hear you okay oh okay so there is an issue where a lot of black people don't even want to date people in their own race because of, of like internalized racism 
And so I think that's why like black people are really harsh on other black people when like they date interracially because that's happening a lot of times, but it's not always what's happening. Yeah, I get that. And I, and I just want to be clear, by the way, there's an underlying logic to this that I get because a lot of it also has to do with um, uh, black people in certain communities lashing out against black people who talk like me. Notice this, because I grew up in LA, and LA is right next to East LA and Koreatown, and there are plenty of minority groups there. And there are black people who will get called race traitors by other black people for talking like me and not talking, I don't know, in AAVE or whatever. And I think that's inherently shitty, because I think you talk how you're going to talk, you know. But I do understand the reflexive feeling of... Uh, I don't know, like like you're a sell like this reflexive like worry of selling out, I guess, that some people hit other people with in the black community. I think these things are real problems. I'm okay with talking about them. I think the conversation's good. I just there's like an extreme to this where people will start saying it's actually okay to be mean to black people for talking like me, or it's okay to be anti-interracial marriage because it's part of the broader war against white supremacy. And that's when things get too far. And I just hope we can not do that, you know. I mean, on that point, like people have accused me of like, um, like being like a kind of like race traitor because of the way that I talk, but this is just how I talk because again, I was adopted and I was raised by white people. But at the same time, when people accuse me of that, even though it's like a frustrating experience because I'm like, well, no, I'm not like a race traitor. It's also like, I, you know, I understand, like, I understand like why people will think that because there's a, like a lot of black people who code switch. There's a lot of black people who think because they talk the way that I do that um, they're superior. And so like, for me, when people assume that I, I still feel frustrated, but I'm also kind of like, well, fine. If you get to know me, you'll see that I'm not. And if you don't, I understand. And like, I kind of think that's the space that like, it would be really helpful if white leftists made for black people where it was like understanding their anger. And instead of being like triggered by it like going like where is this anger coming from what's happening here and instead of taking it personally like understand that like people are responding to racism constantly and to give them space for that well i'm totally down for understanding it but you have to criticize it too you know like i mean i understand the concerns of neo-nazis like because like, i've argued with I guess so many the critique, of them like i'm not the saying critique, like okay like nazis yeah just saying let me, let me use yeah. some different examples other than neo-nazis to like make a point might Sorry, like help I, I, sometimes just, i just i've argued with so many of them i just the point that i'm making is that i think even the most like pernicious and horrible political beliefs can be understood QAnon or whatever i understand like the the, the foundations that are being laid i get that i just disagree with them severely obviously the response no. to these has to be very different i don't think that your average fucking neo-nazi should be addressed and treated in the same way that like a black person who has mixed feelings about their son playing Undertale or doing some other white shit. I don't know. Um, I don't think these are exactly the same thing. I'm just saying that the, the basis of understanding should be there. And then atop that, you build the criticism, right? I mean, I think for me, like the way that I approach it, and like obviously everyone's different, but for me, like, you know, let me give you like a little bit of background where I come from. Like I come from a place where like I had a lot of internalized racism. Like the family that adopted me really thought that like me growing up around white people was gonna make me better as opposed to being around my black family. And so like I really grew up like, you know, not liking black people, trying to distance myself. Like I'm half Chinese. And so I would be like, like, oh, like I'm half Chinese. And like I was always talk about that to like distance myself from white people. 
And I was like, point where I realized like the one the reason why I wanted to distance myself from white people was because of growing up around racism. So for me, like when I see black people and they're like really frustrated about like when they're frustrated at me because they think I'm like code switching, like, or not code switching, like I think I'm superior. Like there was a time in my life where like, I really did think that it was good, better that I talked this way. And I think that when black people are suspicious of me, I think they actually have every right to be suspicious of me. It's like, I'm an ally to other black people and I'm pro-black, but I think they have every right because of their experiences of racism, because they have met so many other black people who think they're better. I, I think they have every right to be suspicious. And if they end up getting to know me, realizing I'm not that person, then great. But if they don't, I completely understand because like the amount of racist shit that black people deal with on a regular basis is so intense. And I understand like why they come to these conclusions. Man, you have way the fuck more patience. I don't give a f if people assume bad shit about me, I'll be mean as shit to them. I don't give a fuck. You, um, I mean, that's kind of well, what I'm saying is like the well, issue though. Well, that, it's well, like, that to me, you could just like try to understand for a little bit well, instead that to of getting me, really angry at them. Well, that to me is, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, is your issue. You should be more proud of who you are, in my opinion. I don't think you're I mean, birth I'm proud of who I am. Well, unapologetically so, you know, like a unstoppable tidal wave that smashes against everything in front of you. Because I think that there's this, 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 this constant, um, I don't know, a lot of people feel really guilty about who and what they are in left spaces because we're so aware of the oppression that we receive and we inflict. And I guess there are different ways to handle that. I understand where your feelings come from. There are ways to I mean, be- I don't feel guilty though. Well, I not, feel angry. Right, not guilty, but I mean with the with the understanding why people might distrust you, you know? Like to me, sociologically, I understand why a lot of people in the online left are going to distrust me because of my affect and because, oh my God, there are so many clips of me out there. But I, I can't focus on those people because I have a job to do and you have a job to do. And I like think if your job is like trying to like be anti-racist, mm -hmm. you know, anti-homophobic, anti-da-da-da-da, like you know, specifically against these systems of oppression, then it is your job to listen, to, to listen, understand. To listen, yes. But if you believe what you believe, to apologize. I'm oh, sorry, not to apologize, to, um, uh, to, um, to disagree, to, to adopt the positions you think are most valid. And in your case- I mean, I think, I think that like, there is a lot of things that you don't actually understand about racism. I think there's like so much. And like, even me as a black person, there's so much that I don't understand about racism like, like i am not the ambassador for black people by any means i can talk about my own racist experiences and that's it being black in america isn't the same as being black in africa i don't even have the experience of, of growing up in poverty and it's like i have so much to listen to and try to understand and i think that's like the point is like there's so much that we don't know and my point is is like in the form of debates you're not actually gonna learn a lot about almost anything. Like, what did we like? What did we learn today? What did we learn about colonials, colonization? I learned why almost you nothing. I learned why you think the way you do because with like, respect. Well, we've I just want to say for like two hours. Like, we could we could have watched a video just talking about it. Learned so much more. It's, it's true. There's so I much. My point is like, there's so much that we don't know, and we actually like have a lot of listening. We probably should listen more than we talk. I think I could have. Um... Uh, I could have gone to the movies, I could have gone to the beach. Look, debate is not a phenomenal means by which you arrive at the truth. Debates are fundamentally entertainment, um, and I've always recognized that. I try to learn a lot off stream, 
um, because having a chat around to jerk me off whenever I say something that I think is smart or criticize me when I don't know a thing. It's, it's not conducive. But with regards to the productivity of this discourse, I think there was something at least meaningful to me, which I feel like I understand where you're coming from a little bit here. I do think that you assign much more charitability to the oppressed over the oppressor when it comes to the degree of intrinsic association with sociological problems. And it seems like a lot of that stems from you, again, pardon me, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's something that seems to be the case, you compensating for uh, earlier experiences in your life where you felt like essential elements of your identity were being rubbed off of you, right? It's not like I don't do what I do because of my childhood experiences. Huh? It's like, it's like I learned about how messed up things were and then I kept learning and then I kept learning and then I kept learning and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't really know anything. So maybe I should just like listen for like a long time. And I think that because of racism, people don't want to listen to black people. Like I think like even in this conversation, like seeing seeing the way that black people were being silenced. Like, this is why I'm so frustrated about the thing that happened with like No Name because No Name was like saying like, my tweets are not for white people. And then she was called, you called her a segregationist. Well, I'm sure it's like seeing like my, a lot of, yeah. no, a lot of, this is what I'm saying, like a lot of white people think that like black people are trying to get revenge. Like black people just want equality. And black people can't even, black people can't even talk about their frustrations different without black people getting want shit lots on. Of Different black people want lots of different things. And by the way, I think most black people want equality. And what I'm saying I, is, I is like, when, when black people also... talk about their frustrations, black people see that they need their own space. They get shit on. But there are and also... I think your, your rhetoric is just a continuation of that. And that's why I'm so upset. But there are also a lot of white people who want equality, who don't know how to best achieve it. And in doing so, they promote a kind of liberal colorblindness where they think the best way to achieve equality is by not even talking about race. The desire to achieve equality is not the same as having a good action plan to get there. And black people, same as any other group of people, don't get born with political science degrees. So it's not surprising to me that I'm going to find disagreements with people of any racial group um, on subjects like this. And I, I just, I, I will never look at a, look, I'll never look at a take. I'll never look at a political perspective that I disagree with and hold off on criticizing it because of the race of the person making it. That to me has always seemed like an incredibly patronizing, you know what I mean? Like, like, so like, like, like I'm some white aficionado sipping champagne and leaving it to the common it's, it's to me, it's very, very weird. I, I think that you should be willing to engage with these ideas, no matter who they come from. And I will not back off my point that a lot of the rhetoric that I think you have used and that no name used is problematic to me, but I don't think that me thinking it's problematic is, is, is part of some rejection of racial equality you know like because I, I advocate for that all the time through fairly revolutionary means too i just think that sometimes there are elements of this that are pernicious and should be corrected and i don't think the race of the people doing the criticizing or receiving the criticism changes that equation you know all right i think what you're saying right now sounds very reasonable and i think in practice like the way that these terms get thrown around the way that like, you know, like St. Andrew's like just accused of starting a race war. Like these are like really heavy accusations. And it's like people just saying stuff like people like pointing out the racial issues on the left. People point out the racial divide. It's like if those issues can't be engaged with without literally 
jumping to these extremes, then it's going to make it really hard for those people to talk about this. It's like, I think you can disagree with people without having to like throw out those terms. But like, I know you really believe that those terms are appropriate, but I also think you don't necessarily understand what people are saying. Like in this conversation, like, again, like I was compared to Hitler. It's just like, that's kind of an extreme. Well, I'm, I mean, uh, if when we're talking about, you know, uh, the right to self-determination and, you know, the the union of the people to excise the, yeah, the, I think it's one of the reasons why I make these comparisons is because I don't think a lot of people realize how close everything we do and talk about is to fascism. A lot of people think fascism is this super far off political ideology that's a mile away from American liberal democracy. And it's so, so, so far away. And it's, oh God, you know, it's not even comparable to anything. But in reality, everything that we do and every exercise of state power is bubbling a millimeter above everything that we despised from Nazi Germany, from Mussolini's Italy, from all of them. And I think we're always so goddamn close, even on the left, because people underestimate the way in which modern state power can immediately adopt the worst affects of, um, of, of the worst governments to have ever existed. So I use these terms because I think it's important to know how close we are to that precipice, that all it takes- Can you- Sorry, go on. No, just that all it takes, and and this is a fact, by the way. All it takes it's just like, is a is, is a charismatic South African leader. It could happen five, ten, or twenty years from now, or maybe it won't. I hope it doesn't. You know, who talks about colonization and the dispossession of the people and the fact that you know South Africa is for Africans, and you run that rhetoric down like five inches, and you get camps. I don't think that's hyperbolic. I just think that's the logical extension of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here. I don't I don't think it's hyperbolic. Um, I mean, like Idi Amin was like a horrible dictator. I think what I'm talking about is like realistically, like when I've seen, uh, you know, I've only read a bit about countries that have decolonized themselves. But like when I read about it, it's like, what are they going to do? It's like when you look at like each case study, it looks really different. And at the end of the day, like the people who've gotten rid of their colonizers, it's it's good. And I guess that's really my point. I mean, in this conversation, I'm, I'm I think I've, I've like kind yeah. of like, like in this conversation, like I've like, uh, you know, said like, okay, like there's boundaries uh, that I want to make here. Like, okay, no genocide, that's good. But then there's like all these like instances where people have like civil wars and I'm glad that they got rid of their colonizers. And to the extent where they did that, they're fine. They're not separatist places, but they got rid of a lot of the colonial uh, colonialist population. Yeah, and it's devils, like, well, what do you want? What do you devils? What do you want details, people to do? Right? You know, you can attack well, colonizers without attacking a race of people. There are people, white people, who have lived in South Africa for hundreds and hundreds of years. I don't think there are any more colonizers than the black people they're neighbors to. But the people uh, that who left were white, and I guess like I'm not really sure. Like, I guess whatever you want to call it, it's like the people who have colonized them, which the people who are left going were Dutch, to be... But now they're South African, born there, citizens with the same rights to that country as anyone else who lives there, regardless of their race. If you want to decolonize right. stuff, I mean, I'm in favor of decolonization. Colonialist structures. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, like, sure, sure, how sure, do you sure. end the colonialism? Like, what, what would you, what would you do? But you have to and do I it. Think, it. You have to do I it think without the attacking. Is, what would you do? has to be left up to those people. And the reason why I keep on saying that is because it's like, I'm not South African and I'm not Kenyan. I'm not a Tanzanian. It's like those people have to to figure out what they're going to do about their colonial situation. And and that's kind of but where it's like, I can still, have thoughts on that. We can still morally disallow some things. 
for example, I'll say in a, that. In a lot I'll of, say that. Yeah. In a, in a lot of African countries, they consider homosexuality to be a component of Western propaganda that our degeneracy spread around the world. So they kill their gay people. That's not good. And they might say that killing gay people is a is part of them decolonizing because they're removing the culture of their colonizers. Now, I don't care how they think that works. I am not defending that and I will impugn them for it. And I think the same can go for a lot of other strategies of decolonization, because I don't think excising a racial group is really ever going to be the most effective way of decolonizing. And if it is, honestly, then maybe colonization has to simmer for a bit longer. I mean, if you're doing the utilitarian math on this, it's like, we could end colonization. We only have to kill 10 million people. It's like, oh, well, I don't know. That's, it doesn't that's just look like tough math, just killing you know? people like that comes up in being like a civil war. Sure, sure. But but when the civil war happens, who's getting attacked, right? Say a civil war happens in South Africa. There are two civil wars, one I'm okay with and one not, okay? The civil war that I agree with is power structures that have been historically white coalesce to seize power from the government and the South Africans beat them back and decolonization takes place when the leaders who did their own business plot uh, die or are excised from the country and the coup is fails. And then there's the other kind of civil war where racial tension between white and black people escalate as acts of stochastic terrorism are inflamed on both sides until eventually the vast majority of the population, the black South Africans, overwhelm the white South Africans and you see essentially the night of, um, uh, the night of broken glass all over again. And you see just families being torn from homes, killed in the street, lit up in pyres, stuck from trees, which is what happens when people think it's okay morally necessary even, to slaughter entire ethnic groups for some perceived moral crime. That civil war is not one that I will defend. The first one is totally okay. I mean, so like, that, just, that just like doesn't happen. It do if, that if that's, does if happen, that's yeah. Ha like, I guess what I'm thinking saying it doesn't happen, like I don't know of a uh, South African country that, or of an African country uh, that does that. It's like when I hear about people who have decolonized themselves, it's to the extent of like uh, taking away the colonial power. But, it's and but well, I do think I do so, think uh, like well, if there's a, like I, I guess mean, example of Idi Amin for example like that's a really extreme example. Um, he was called the butcher of Uganda, and it's like that he he was a dictator and like also he needs the to Rwandan stop. Rwandan genocide. Quite a few people died there too. But we don't have to say it's that's happened not, like, before. A reflection can... though of the people. I think like what are the people as a whole saying they need of course there's gonna be people who disagree but there's like these like especially when i read about like um colonialism like there's like these mass movements of people um trying to find their own uh independence but and no, no that, that looks that's, like but that is without yeah sorry i'm just saying like when, when i've like in the examples that i've read about i don't know like every single example but the examples i've read about like that looks like getting rid of uh the colonists to the point of ending that colonial power but this this did happen in rwanda though that was an attempt at dispelling like elements of colonial power yeah i'm also being linked from chat the expulsion of asian people from uganda who were a component of the um mostly people of indian descent who were a component of the colonization of that country as well and was that under Idi Amin? well and we don't have to um i don't i don't know this it's like that on, person was a dictator and like i'm talking about like an entire nation uh, trying to figure out having their own autonomy. Yeah, well, but yeah, but now you're layering together preconditions that you can't control. 
it's all well and good to say, you know, the will of the people. But in reality, how often do things actually play out that way? Strong men take power and they're the ones who get it done. Even in democracies, we don't have will of the people. America has a more functional democracy than almost anything you'd see in Africa. Nothing that happens out of Congress is the will of the people. And even if it took place through a democracy, we're still fundamentally talking about genocidal violence. And even if this hasn't happened to the extent as what I described before, which it has, like, why do we have to wait for it to happen for us to condemn its potential, you know? Like, I mean, the we've examples never had of a, people... We've never had a genocide of 7 million Jews. That's never happened. But I can still say, yeah, if 7 million Jews were killed, that would be pretty bad too, you know? Like, I don't need to wait for that to happen to warn against it. Like, the examples of, I'm thinking of people who have decolonized people, uh, it very much was a movement of people. Like in Kenya, Tanzania... Do you, Algeria. do you not think populist revolutions can do horrible things? I totally think they do, yeah. What, what about, like, um, Pol Pot? That was, that was a component of decolonization. What about the Cultural Revolution? I mean, Pol Pot killed people who wore glasses because it was, like, meant that they had been corrupted by Western intelligentsia. That, that was right. explicitly... And I'm not endorsing that. Like, I'm saying that, like, dictatorship is wrong. That's why I'm saying like very much it needs to be a movement of the people. And like the examples I'm thinking of, they are movements of the people. And um, I think that's that's good that those people had those autonomy to and the self-determination to get rid of colonialism. But I think what, that's amazing. Were the Khmer Rouge not the people? Was the cultural revolution not the people? And also, can't the people do bad things? The The people do bad things all the time. I mean. Sure. Yeah, I think it there's definitely bad things that you can do in trying to get rid of colonialism. And I'm not um, saying that there isn't, I'm not saying that like uh, you can just do whatever you want to, whatever you want when you're decolonizing things. But I think my point is, is that like when you're looking at these examples of people, like you're looking at like a really messy history of like trying to get rid of colonialism. It's like, there's a lot of a lot of like really good and bad things that have happened. And at that point, it's the issue is like dealing with a problem that you shouldn't have ever had to deal with because those people shouldn't have been colonized in the first place. That doesn't mean that you can't like critique what they've yeah, done. The, doesn't the, mean that you can't say that certain things are wrong. The Rwanda genocide was also not done by a dictator. It was done by um by rebel fronts. It was it was done by um what was essentially like a populist mass, you know? I just, like I'm all I'm all good well in favor of democracy and all that but we have to protect minorities in democratic structures right if we didn't believe in sure, that I'll then say that, yeah yeah if we we didn't believe in that then you know prof <laughs> you and other black people would probably be in a much worse position here right because even back in the 1960s yeah. white people did not have the most favorable opinions on the equality of the vote the minor the ability to protect the rights of minorities is essential so if you defer everything to the will of the population you're still not you still leave room for, you know, like horrible, horrible stuff to be done. And that's the only thing I'm saying. I'm just saying we shouldn't do ethnostates and we shouldn't do genocides. Um, th that's, th that's my, you know, my, my hot take, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Well, again, I think genocides are wrong, but I think for me, when I hear black people talk about an ethnostate, I'm like, I can understand why you want to be away from your oppressors. And I think there's like ways that people can do it without um like necessarily uh like hurting white people yeah, uh, like there are places that are mostly black anyways and like if you just had certain spaces for black people to be away from oppressed people like police 
would you enforce it with state power, or do you just mean like a town that's mostly black? Because I'm pretty sure those exist. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would be like anarchist or something like that. I don't know. Because like anarchists probably wouldn't have a police. Like, I don't know. It's all very, uh, it's all very, uh, not realistic because it's like not something that's gonna that's, that's gonna happen i think my point is that i can understand why people are like i don't want to live with people who have oppressed me anymore and i think people need to be able to to talk about that I, i'm all all i'm saying is that you you can talk about that i i feel like i understand the feelings it's just I can't get around the fact that they're identical to white nationalist arguments that I've heard. Because this is how it goes too, right? You talk about the abstracts of white nationalism and they're like, well, yeah, I probably can't seize control of the US, so I'll just move over to, what's a really black, uh, not black, sorry, white state, uh, Idaho? I don't know. I'm going to move over to some all white commune and we're going to buy all the property so there's no room for a black person to move in next door. And I just want to be rid of all the black crime or whatever. And hey, you know, Oppression, interpersonal oppression from white people to black people can suck, but crime can also suck. So we're all sort of acting out our harms, our traumas here. Uh, I just don't think that justifies like the formation of, you know what I mean? I, yeah, it's just, you can just go so many bad roads with that. Turfs do the same thing, right? Turfs want women's only spaces, by which they mean cisgender women's only spaces, because they've had a lifetime of hurt and violence and terror inflicted on them by people who have my body type. And for some reason, they think trans women have my body type, which they definitely don't. But it's one of the ways in which you can take hurt or harm and reflect it and essentially act the role of the oppressor um, in some tiny little pocket space you've created for yourself, you know? Sure. I think in those instances, that's exactly that. And I think there's like... I can really understand why black people are tired of being around white people to the point where they would just like live in a place where there's not any white people because they experience so much racism. And well, I think, I think that's my point. All I, right. I, well, I think like where they're coming from and the context really don't, matters. Don't make any, uh, look, I has, has been over three hours, which is, uh, uh, a pretty impressive run of time in any context. Uh, I just, whenever you make your ethno city, whatever in America, just don't make any sun. I, I like for me, literally okay? don't want to. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like just, I'm just I drive making through a point I... about like being able to listen to people, to listen to people who are colonized, people, people who are oppressed. Like give them space to talk about their pain instead of just you know comparing them to hitler that's actually like the point of what i'm saying it's like yeah. i'm not even saying you have to agree with separatists i'm not even saying that i'm just saying like try to understand their pain instead of just comparing them to hitler or something well i, I mean you that's can, really you can, it you can do both you know if they're being hitler-esque i think that you can understand it i understand it well enough to understand the parallels <laughs> at least to... i mean like you can you can do both but i think you're not really understanding where they're coming from if that's your takeaway. Well, I think the, the problem is that where you're coming from is a reflection not of socioeconomic context, but of your mind state. And it may hurt to hear, but perceived oppression and real oppression have the same effect on a person's mind state. A person who believes they're being subjugated by white people because they're black is correct. A person who believes they're being subjugated by Jews because they're white is incorrect. But the correctness of the external belief 
bears no effect whatsoever on the internal world of the person who then constructs this political system. So in terms of knowing where you're coming from, that's why I call you similar to white nationalists. If I was talking about historical context, then there's no parallel whatsoever. It is in the mind state in which there is so much, uh, you know, so much similarity. Because whether the harm is real or imagined, the language that comes after is the same. We are being victimized and we have a right to determine our own national autonomy and have a space free from this and from that. And then it all goes bad. Of course, but black one people group don't is have- actually being victimized. Yes. And then one group is not. So it's like- But that doesn't have that anything to do with where you're is coming from. It's an important from. distinction. It, you know, it is. Yeah, being victimized or not being victimized is a really important part of where they're coming from. But where you're coming from is, is, is a reflection of your, your mind state. Um, and perceived oppression is the same. Is there any difference in terms of how you feel between your friend Stacy shit talking you behind your back and you thinking your friend Stacy shit talked to you behind your back? No, in your mind, it's exactly the same. What you believe to be true is what you form your thoughts from after all. How right you are has nothing to do with the thoughts that you develop from them, so. But it's not about being right. It's about like one is like trying to solve an issue of like having a place you're not away where you're away from the people who are oppressing you. And the other is just like these racist beliefs um, that are used to justify the oppression of non-white people. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm not justifying the oppression of non-white people. I think that we can attack those without adopting the language of the oppressor. Um, I, right, I certainly, but they're not I, adopting the language of the oppressor, actually. Like, these are, like, black people trying to figure out how to be free. Which is also what they say. Right to self-determination. Uh, you know, we should have a homeland like, I think it's probably a lot more likely that... That white nationalists adopted that from black nationalists than the other way around. Maybe they stole it's pretty like much this, I, everything I, I, else. I can't prove culturally. it, but like when I was looking this stuff up, like there's black nationalism, and that was like black people talking about like how to find their own self determination. Da da da. Oh, if that's and the case, then, I'm blaming you. Wait, hold on. If you get to blame white South Africans because hundreds of years ago their great whatever grandfathers colonized, don't make me blame all black people for the invention of like the 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 logic of ethnostates, okay? Don't make I'll essentialize well, back that far. Don't you take that at burden. At some okay. point, um white supremacists adopted the term um white nationalism and that was like after there was black nationalism. And I can't prove it, but I wonder if they did that because people were so uh you know, we're like understanding of black nationalism that they wanted to adopt something that sounded a little bit more palatable. So it's like, yeah, I don't know if that really matters here, but. I mean, I couldn't really say, I don't know the etymology of the term. Uh, I can only say, I think it's, uh, it's pretty bad. You know, I think that ethnostates are pretty bad altogether. Okay. I think they're generally probably a bad idea, but I understand if black people want to not be around people who oppress them. Well, like I said, yeah, to, just, that, to that extent, just don't make any sundown towns, okay? If any white Instagrammers van on through and stay at the hotel in the all-black ethno city, then just make sure they make it out okay. And I guess the worst elements of the insular white communities will be avoided. Um, <laughs> all that aside, uh, you know, unironically, um, I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, we have the um, you're demonstrating a tremendous amount of stamina being on here for this long. 
Uh, I do appreciate it, and I did enjoy the conversation. And I do wish I had gotten more brownie points. You you sort of set that up, and I uh, I, I I do wish I had had more. Ah, uh, well, at least you got that one for uh, platforming a uh, content creator a thirtieth of your size. Yeah. Well, as always, next time. I hope you have a wonderful evening. All right. Goodbye. Take care. You all can complain as much as you want. I think I, I think I held it together. I think I held it together. The, the, look, it's, it's all about the people you compare yourself to is, is the you of yesteryear. And uh, I have to say, I feel like that conversation, if I had had it two years ago, would have been my end. It would have been the end of my, of, of, of my life, you know? I, I would have uh, had an aneurysm or something. Uh, I, the thing that's so, so, so frustrating to me is like, oh, God. Look, I have no idea um, why she feels the way that she feels or why she does the things that she does, but I feel like there's like a mental block. I feel like we need to psychonauts her, okay? There's like a mental block somewhere inside of her head that's going to that make we'd agree on like everything. And it's not even white people bad. I think it has something to do with like, there's, there's, there's something about the relationship between the oppressed and the oppressor and some essentialization of those two conditions that changes the way she thinks about this stuff and I, I i don't know um yeah well yeah she was shockingly mass off this went way worse than i thought it would i just i i don't think she i don't think she understands how so much of the stuff that she says really is like identical to i know people often get mad at me when i make the comparisons with the uh, with the language like you call everything a nazi and I do get that criticism, but I feel like in this case, these are basically direct one-to-one -one parallels with a lot of the stuff that she believes. I mean, it's like direct, like in justification, in language, in, in, in intent to, to some extent, like, yeah, the, all that stuff. I feel like it's, it's, it's mirrored very, um, very clearly. I actually wouldn't mind talking to her again in the future. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like there were, there were so many points there where we, um, where we almost reached an understanding, you know? I felt it with the turf argument. Thank you to the person who supplied that. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I really felt, oh man, I feel like at the end, I, that was like the ace in the hole. When I talked about how um, where you're coming from is ultimately a product of what you think is true, not what actually is true. Understanding intentions has nothing to do with reality and everything to do with what people think reality is. I feel like I laid that out so well, you know? And when I talked about what the ethno states were like, they'd be worthless for like freeing black people from anything other than microaggressions, I guess, which, yeah, I feel like there were a lot of points that I got there. I feel like I had some, can I, is it, can I say I had some clippable moments, but in a good way, you know, like a good clippable moments? Highlights? Yeah, that's the term, highlights. Do you think she almost came around at the end when discussing her experiences? Well, the thing is, I'm not trying to arm, armchair psychologist. I thought she was going to admit that bias was affecting her perspective. She said that she was adopted by, by, um, by white parents, I think, right? I've got a bad memory and also my head is a fog. Um, and that like she, um, she feels like uh, she understands why black people might distrust her because her affect growing up was influenced by white parentage. And I thought she was going to lead that into, and maybe that's why I, I overcompensate with regards to the, um, the, the feeling that I have to reflect back, like, elements of pernicious behavior black people experience or something like that. But that didn't happen, so I don't know. Um, she said white dad. Oh, okay, yeah, I've, I've got a bad memory. I just, I just... 
more concerned with the relationship between oppressor and oppressed than with dismantling the oppression itself. I don't think that she's like poorly intentioned or anything. It's true that decolonialism is always going to be a really messy business and realistically, historically, usually a bloody business. But I think that like, man, just going full on like, yeah, white South Africans are all colonizers. And if the people in South Africa want to remove them, then that's their right to do so or something. It's like, damn, taking it all the way to like the 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 full-on goddamn the black crime argument started to feel flat after a while because it didn't really break through her logic of whoever has the power is the one to change things yeah it's just i don't think she understood how the essentialization in and of itself is like a really big problem thank you yes we can use this to calm down hello pip pip i don't i don't think she understood because like whenever you essentialize sociological problems to a group of people i mean think it's like Nothing good can come from that, you know? It's always something bad. It's just, you'd never... What good analysis has ever come out of theory which began with, this racial group does this problem, you know? It's just... Not the... Not the, not the best, I don't think. Uh, Pigeon agrees with me, I think. 